Hello, welcome to the Amateur Investor Podcast. Uh, joined today by Chris and myself, Leo. We are here basically trying to put something out there to the world, to all other amateur investors, to, um, to, to I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. What, what am I talking about here, Chris? Inspire them to invest. Inspire them to invest. Inspire other amateur investors to build their portfolio and, and try to make some money on the side with the stock market, which which has gotten quite easier now to do with all the technology and the software that's available and websites providing. All the information that's out there, yeah. Information, platforms, everything really, to be honest. So uh, Chris, tell us a bit about your background and what are you, what are you gonna offer to the public? <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, started privately trading on and off uh, a number of years ago. Um, more recently, haven't been doing it, but getting back into it now, given the recent uh, market turmoil. Um, I currently work for a bank, uh, so the way of my thinking will be very much from a financial point of view, rather than <clears throat> uh, rather than a different type of view, which is so it can be more pessimistic, can be more based on fundamental financials. Um, but yeah, that's me. Uh, how about you? Yeah, well, I am the same. I, I think we're both pessimistic traders, which is kind of a good thing to to be in in the trading world. If you're too optimistic, it's just a recipe for disaster. Really, that's my opinion. But, um, I wouldn't say we're bad traders, but we don't we don't like we don't like taking unnecessary um, risk. But no, yeah, I, I've, I've been trading. Risk. Yeah, exactly. And I've been trading for about eight years after the financial crash, and um, when it just all seemed quite obvious to start buying because there were blood on. The street effectively but um a lot of a lot of bank stocks were crashing at the time so i bought a lot of bank stocks and made quite a good good return like i think it was about 200 percent return on a lot of them because it just seemed obvious that the government wouldn't let the banks go out of uh out of business it just would be catastrophic for uh for the uk so and then a few years after i just did lots of trading and didn't make any money <laughs> and uh <laughs> just like but it was a good learning curve until the last few years which i got back into it seriously whilst um, having a full-time job and started to make some returns and now I've uh, now I'm not working at the moment and I'm not doing trading full-time but I do it pretty much full-time um, but I don't think it's something you can do full-time you do have to balance your time around and yeah otherwise you can get very yes. tr trigger happy sometimes you just sometimes you just need to let your position sit and yeah. rather than continuously fiddling so so the format of this uh podcast will be we'll just do a weekly roundup every week and we'll do a weekly forecast of what we think is going to happen this is by no means advice for you what you should be buying we will mention stocks on here but we don't advise you to buy any stocks or advise you to invest that we're not financial advisors nor um, legally we're allowed to do so so you have to do your own research and make your own decisions but feel free to use our information as well and uh, really just make your own decisions based on your own findings, your own researches and your own opinions. We're not going to offer any opinions on this and that will be on everything that will be listed on our uh, disclaimer on our on our podcast. So, yeah, I mean, what is, last week has been, well, the whole market is a bit messed up, man. I mean, I don't really understand what's going on. Like, 
some things yeah, are just, just shooting up because people it... want to invest in something you know they want to they want to put their money yeah. behind oh well, let's put our money behind something just because we have to put our money somewhere when they don't realize i think cash is gold put, leave your cash in the bloody bank right now you don't need to you don't need to be putting your money into something just because you feel like you want to invest but that's not how investors yeah are some people jump the gun a little bit um i'm guilty of waiting too long sometimes where I, I kind of wait and see what happens and then I maybe miss an opportunity. But there are times that that's gone for me where I've waited too long and things have ended up going against what I would have done quite heavily. So you definitely, there's no really, right now it's an unprecedented territory. No one really knows what's happening. It's not something we've ever been involved in before. It's not something we might ever see again. And things are going up and down like crazy because like you said, some people are like, oh, let me just pour my money into this because it seems stable. And then something happens in the in the news or something happens and everything just t- starts to tumble back down or, or vice versa. Things aren't very making much sense at the moment. And, being, and earnings season is upon us and some companies are doing better than expected. Hence, they're shooting up even though they've made a loss, which again, doesn't make sense. But that's, that sounds like, again, the 08-09 crash where everything was going up when the, the, the you know mortgage default rates were going through the roof, which didn't, again, make any sense until eventually the crash did happen, which took two years after the mortgage default sh- uh, skyrocketed after the uh, 07 uh, rate changes in uh, the uh, teaser rate that expired. And that, that itself, I mean, that's a whole other story, but... This is where, like, if you read like a lot of the reports or the earnings reports, Boohoo haven't, re- like, Boohoo, for example, didn't re- re- release earnings report. They just said their sales have been good and people are buying homeware as opposed to going out where and things right. are looking better, you know, but they didn't actually specify that, oh, we've, we've, they, and you know, when people start using words, so you can kind of tell that they're not using numbers because they don't want to, they don't want their stock price to tumble. They do want their stock prices to improve. Right. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise out there, but none of it's been backed up by figures. So I think the problem is we are well, really, in particular as well is like, there are articles to speak about whether Boohoo are using too much of their, their own debt to, to kind of keep them afloat. And so it's a, it's a weird one because they're trying to calm their own investors by saying that their yeah. sales have been good and they're not just completely in the water. But it's kind of when, where is this money to, you know, make all the material, like get all the materials and things like that. And are they using too much of their own debt to, to kind of bail themselves out? Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like they're trying to just just calm the markets because they they did lose a ton of um, ton of traction in the in the markets already, and I, I think um, that that's just something you can hide for a year or maybe maybe a little bit longer, but it eventually it's going to come come to realization. And the production side as well, that's going to be difficult. How are they going to keep producing stuff? They don't produce things in volume, you know. Boo who produced the uh, just the reason we're talking about Boo who is both uh, Chris and I. Uh, track of train tracking boohoo for a very long time since probably it was de- trading at 30 pence a share and now it's trading at 318 so that's a thousand percent since we've uh, tracked it we haven't owned it that we haven't made a thousand percent that would be amazing but <laughs> we've made good money in the past on the stock and we do keep an eye on it because it is a good business that we think is going to have substantial growth over a long long period of time just like asos has but what i don't what i don't yeah, think if you compare if you compare to asos asos trading at 21 pounds yeah, and fifty-two pence. So obviously, there's a massive gap there. Mm. Um, and and 
is what you said as well. It's the production, but also the, the material. Like, I'd be curious to know where Boohoo's manufacturing takes place and where they import their material from, because we don't know how import and exporting is going to change given this pandemic. If, if they're importing from China, things might be different in the future because of what we're in right now. Yeah. So I did a little bit of research into that actually, and forty percent of their manufacturing is done in the UK. And then 60% is done in China. And the stuff they do in China is mostly focused around stuff that's the mainstream stuff that's like they they know they're going to sell. So, you know, all the kind of the 40% in the UK is focused around new trends and new stuff that. And the, the thing with Boohoo and the reason they're so successful is because they don't need to make huge amounts of stock and then hope it sells. They sell based on click rate. So if people are clicking on something, they'll make more of that. If no people are not looking at something, they'll stop making that. And that's why their wasted ratio is really low. I mean, they waste like 2-3% of their clothes mm-hmm. compared to Zara and Mango, who have to create their range six months in advance and then send it to yeah. the stores. And then the stores don't sell it. They can't do much about it. So this is why Boohoo is really successful because it's wastage ratio. But that says to me is that they still they haven't produced that much stuff. They won't have that much stock to sell and they can't put people in factories because everything is shut right now. So they're not going to be producing that much and they can't get much from China because there's not much, like you say, there's not export import going on right now. Do you think it's a good trading at £3.18? Do you think it's a good point to short? I've shorted it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I I, I shorted at about 290 I think. So I'm definitely, but I don't think that short's going to come in for a while. I think they're going to still keep the pretense up that everything is fine until we see some concrete numbers. But that website that I sent to you, which tracks the website, site visits, they're down on that by about, 10 15 percent and i think uh, less people are going to be buying there might be site visits but people aren't going to be buying evening wear out wear everything like this right now no people are just at home lounging around you know from people i know who are real fashionistas especially living in france everyone cares about the fashion no one's really caring about everyone's like well at home is so much fun to lounge around and just not do anything so people aren't yeah. thinking of buying clothes right now i don't think that's just uh but that's that's just one stock i mean i think there's like there's, we talked about learning technologies earlier as well that's another stock that's really interesting and worth checking into a company that goes around spending a lot of effort trying to purchase small e-learning technology platforms and then they try to they're trying to put it together in one big company and they pretty much are dominating the market in fact they probably could eventually be a world leader in it and a monopoly but their their stock went from 50 pence a share to 175 which is now trading at 126 which i don't think is the best level i think when it gets down to about a pound or a pound and five pence per share i think that's probably when i'll get back into it because it'll follow the global recession trend but e-learning is going to pick up because i think a lot of a lot of people are going to need it over the next 12 months especially with social distancing rules i don't think are going to be relaxed soon what do you think of that anyway do you think social distancing rules do you think that's going to be carrying on until we actually get a vaccine or do you think people are just going to bite the bullet i think so i think so i think even if lockdowns unwind the the right thing to do is to kind of maintain social distancing for as long as possible and look at keeping the spread as, as small as you can and then as soon as a vaccine is available is when we really start to see things going back to, to normal yeah, but the, like you said, quite like you said, this is this never gonna might never happen again in our lifetime, and it hasn't really happened 
before that well, I guess you can class a war or something but nothing this global has happened where yeah well not to, to keep everyone inside right like yeah. it's unprecedented when you see things shops in central London things like that completely deserted yeah that's crazy shops man. are closed restaurants are closed like we've never seen that before even when the world war was on everything was open yeah but <laughs> even when the world war was on people froze the markets were closed down anyway so they, there was no real panic right. about the economy effectively but now we need money to be moving around hence why the economy is open and oil i've I read that was the biggest marker to whether we're facing a recession or not now i don't know if you know about the uh, storage statistics but they're really interesting like they they we produce 100 million barrels a day or we used to produce 100 million barrels a day but our capacity got to a point where we only had two days left before we ran our capacity of storage and that's crazy like literally two days and that's why there was panic and sales in the market effectively and to be honest if i knew I did, that i, I probably wouldn't have bought there oil were, there could be millions and millions of barrels lost because no one has anywhere to store it it's so. crazy and america even like the fact that it's not just about the storage but it's about moving that to the storage or finding storage and then moving it to there it's not an overnight it's not a day job it's, it takes a long long yeah. time so you can't keep producing barrels and it's not an easy thing to store either to be honest so it's like yeah. i don't get why they don't just think, plug uh, the gap and not just reopen reopen uh drilling well, they, again or does that cost a lot of money to do or is it not? i think it does it does cost a lot to, to just stop and start um which is why saudi and russia are trying to cut production as much as they can but even then because it produced all over the world um they kind of have to get everyone together to agree on that mm. um and obviously saudi and russia are like the big players but they have to go to everywhere else uh, and make sure so oil is definitely good i think is a good investment from now because yeah. it's trading so cheap and it's it's a scarce resource at the end of the day like at one point oil is going to run out so yeah you're eventually going to make your money back as as the supply continues to drop over time it's definitely I mean, a buy yeah i mean it's definitely worth buying it for the long term and once i guess cars are back on the road and people are back in the offices uh consumption will go up again yeah, you and, see the demand yeah and I'm, I'm looking at a couple of um couple of penny petroleum stocks which are like mining companies like oasis petroleum which is oas and um yeah Denver resources which is dnr and they're trading really low i, I don't think i'd put much into them if i did probably only a couple hundred pounds yeah that would be very risky (laughs) yeah but at the same time uh, when when oil was trading so low yeah uh, if you'd bought then i think in a couple days they went up two three hundred percent so wow okay so that's pretty good so if you it's one of those if you buy at the right time you can make some if it goes bankrupt you lose you a few hundred pounds but don't ever risk more than that to be fair yeah i I wouldn't tiny amount of your 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 portfolio whatever size you're trading at and to be honest, it's good to add a little bit of like risky speculative stuff to it. Like I think there's, I think you know, ten percent of you need to diversify, right? You can, yeah, you can't just keep buying Boohoo and ASOS. Yeah, you can't just keep buying banks. You can't just keep buying tech companies. Like mm. at some point, because if if that industry crashes, you're going to always just yeah. lose everything. Mm. If you diversify, buy a bit of gold, buy a bit of oil, buy a bit of this, mm. that, bit of that. You know, things won't always move in sync. So you mm. might, when you on a day, you might lose here. You might make something over yeah. there. Well, since quitting my job and doing this a lot more, I've been looking a lot more at commodities, which I never really looked at before. But coffee is like, they're actually quite easy to predict, you know, like coffee, for example. Right now, coffee consumption's up. So coffee is now, uh, 
you know, uh, rise the futures of coffee are rising as well. And then there's so much, um, there's a lot to like think about, like soya bean and things like that, because, you know, obviously veganism is increasing. So soya is going to go up yeah. and there's a lot and, and people are, uh, you're not using cow's milk anymore. And so there's all of these kind of little things are quite logical to trade commodities. If you think about how people think about well, plus with those, they, they tend to trade within the same sort of ranges. And yeah. so once, once they hit the lower range, you know, it's about time to buy. When yeah. it hits the higher range, you know, it's time to sell. So They're more predictable. Whereas with companies, it it's very sporadic. Like something could come up about a specific company and it yeah. just tanks. And yeah. Something, something like Tesla is a great example of that. I see. Yeah. <laughs> One tweet yeah. from Elon Musk and Tesla's collapsed. But then that's a great time to buy exactly. Tesla because it's such a good company to own as well. If you if you're prepared for the yeah. volatility, you know. So you kind yeah. of like well, you. you an interesting one because like I've been watching it. I haven't ever bought Tesla, but I've been watching it for a while. And right now it's like seven hundred twenty-five dollars, which is the higher end of it. Yeah, it usually goes up to about seven, eight hundred, and comes back down to two, three hundred. So if it was me, that's a I'd, great shorting opportunity there, isn't it? Then really, because I yeah, can't so imagine Tesla making many sales right now. Like uh, you, you should think they're not. So I mean, they are nine hundred dollars <laughs> is their yearly high, and they're trading at seven two five. Unless people are getting so, bored and buying Teslas and driving around in their massive courtyards and stuff, but because actually new car registration registrations dropped in March by 40% since last year. So 40% less new cars were registered this year than last year in March. Yeah. In so it depends which way you look at it. If you think it might be risky, hold off. If it starts to dip, mm. it gets to that two, $300 range or whatever it is you can buy. Mm. If you really, after doing some research, and I need to read into it more, but after doing some more research, if you think it's overvalued at the moment and they're going to report some shocking earnings, could be a good opportunity to short that. When's the earnings out on Tesla? Do you know? You got the. Uh, let me check. Because it would be a very interesting company to short this moment. Um, it's because... in five days. Yeah, okay. So, so ah, that's what tends to happen, you notice, when the earnings are coming out and they're not going to be as flattering. They tend to like pump the price up and then the price then tends to crash. That's unofficial, but that's what I seem to Pat and I seem to notice that whenever there's bad reports about to be out, someone seems to be pumping the price up to ready to short effectively, and uh, and vice versa. When the earnings are going to get better, they tend yeah. to to sell the price down to yeah, buy. Yeah, so that one will be interesting um, to see what happens. I, I might take a, a punt on it and short, but I wouldn't. I think if I was to do, I wouldn't do a big amount. No, no, like five to hundred quid. I think is a massive maximum. Yeah. <laughs> it's too too risky. Yeah. So like. I guess the future's really hard to predict, really. I mean, it always is, and you can't predict the future, but everything seems to be moving with the virus. But I think there's a big void being created in the markets where there's some companies are just people are backing like crazy, and other companies like EasyJet people are just running away from, which is fair enough because EasyJet aren't even operating a single flight right now, and they're probably burning a hole through their through their debt right now. So and I guess maybe not today, but another time we'll talk a bit more about the airline stocks because yeah. I think that's an interesting topic for its own an episode yeah and because um, uh, KLM and Air France have had a you know plus billion euro bailout as well from France so it's, you know that that's going to be very interesting to get back into airline stock but yeah I think we should, uh, we should definitely talk about that in a future episode and you know, I, th- I think we've covered the uh, covered the uh, forecast and the review at the same time, didn't we? We didn't sort of. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to not 
talk about uh, the forecast when you're reviewing a company because you're thinking about what's happened before and exactly. now also thinking about where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, but I guess Tesla's the one to watch this week with earnings out on. Yes, that's a really good day. stock to watch. That's something that I, you know, we haven't discussed, but now that's going to be on my radar for the week. So see if we can make a small yeah. amount of money off it, you know, whilst uh, whilst the markets are playing playing silly buggers but i mean yeah thank thank you all for listening to our podcast uh, today um we are new to this so if you have any feedback or suggestions feel free to write a comment and um or just feel free to comment anyway it'd be good to hear your views and opinions and then we'll try to speak uh, try to say these um read some of these comments out on future episodes as well but we'll be yeah we'll if be, you have any uh, if you have any trades that you're looking at um we'd love to take a look and see what what we think because it's also about giving us ideas about how to invest our money so yeah and we and then we'll go give our opinion on it whatever that's worth to you and then obviously um uh, and obviously we'll um we'll be recording once a week every every week uh for a roundup and then our f- forthcoming week's forecast so yeah we can um hopefully so yeah we hope to hear from you hope you guys listen to us next week and forthcoming week yep. episodes so yeah so then Till then, goodbye.